Yeah, so I'm Ben. Hey, I am on the youth staff over here. Huh? Well, I've been kicked off. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. Thanks. So the thing about these boots is they're very stylish, but feet are sweating. Like, y'all don't understand. I couldn't debate if I should take them off or not, but I feel a lot better now that I did take them off. So, a little... Are you joking my, my socks? Yeah, that's inappropriate. Anyways, so... <laughs> couple of things before um, I really dive in is the see you at the pole. If you guys have never done that before, I encourage you guys to go out. Um, I remember I did it all throughout high school and it was always a lot of fun and really encouraging just to have everyone pray for the school and for the community. Um, so I just challenge you guys to come out. Also, I don't know if they announced the fall party. Did they announce that? No? Oh, good thing. I caught it. Uh, fall party is October... 28th? 28th, yeah. October 28th, and that is at Hickory Ridge Farm. So that is at the Pierce's, so all of you know Jacob, Clayton, and Noah. You guys aren't going to cheer for yourself, but that's okay. It's at their farm, so you're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh If you remember last year, we actually did it out in this field over here, but instead we wanted a bigger spot, so we're going to go to a farm. So don't miss that out. Um, So yeah. So what we've been doing, what we missed last week um, because of Hurricane Flow, but the week before, we started the Exodus series, right? Caleb was beginning about telling us about Exodus, right? So we, we learned that Exodus, yeah, it was the second book of the Bible. It was written a long time ago, that it's not just something to write off. It's not just history, but there's actually, there's teachings in there for us that relate to today. So... Uh, last, last time we were here, Caleb spoke about how God hears us. How God hears our cries. He hears us when we call out to him. So, yeah, but there was one thing wrong with his message uh, two weeks ago. And it's just like I have to tell you guys or else like you miss a whole bunch of stuff and how wrong he was. So, and I like proving when he's wrong because he's wrong a lot but doesn't admit it. Anyways, so when he was talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, he got to, I think it was the last, it was the second to last or the last one in that list when it talks, it said Benjamin. And so those of you who don't remember, he said Benjamin. I don't know what Benjamin is, but it's Benjamin. It's not German. There's no R in there. And it's, it's all right. Middle school thought it was funny. I guess you guys aren't. Thank you for those pity laughs. Anyways, you don't understand that he's always joking me for how I pronounce things, and he put an R in Benjamin. It's also my full name, and so I would like it to be said correctly. Thanks, Caleb. Anyways, let's get started uh, today. Ow, oh, that hurt. So, a lot of us are in the time of we're trying to plan out our lives. We're trying to plan where we're going to go to college, what we're going to do after college, and some of us are great planners and we know where we're going to go to college. We know if we're going to go get our masters or above in college, overachievers. Um, we know what job we're going to have after college. We, we have an ideal husband and family and all that waiting after graduation or during college. You know, everyone is at different, get married at different times. But we all plan it out. 
or at least we try to. And the sad thing is that never works. That it never really comes out to what we plan out with our life or what we think is going to happen. So I know for me, when I was in college, I was like, I'm just going to go play soccer all the way through college and, you know, have a lot of fun with it and be good and go on to big and great schools. Those of you who don't know, I'm still in college and I'm here not playing soccer. Bummer. Not really. Joking. But it didn't go how I thought it was. That my plan didn't match up to the plan that God had for me. So that's where we are going to, well, that's really what we're going to talk about today is with Moses and what Moses had in mind, what Moses' plan for himself was. So where we left off last time Caleb was talking was we were at Moses killing the Egyptian and fleeing and then marrying Jethro's daughter and is now a shepherd for Jethro. So the next chapter starts with the burning bush. So we all pretty much know that story, uh, at least the beginning part of that story is where Moses is shepherding the sheep, and he's on the mountain, and then he sees this bush that is on fire but not burning. Those of you who like to play with fire like I do, you know when you light something on fire, it's supposed to burn, but it wasn't burning. So obviously, Moses knew that it was God, right? God called out to Moses through the bush, and God revealed to him, um, to Moses, that his plan for Moses was to save the Israelites, to get the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. And that's what we talked about last week. How God was hearing the cries of the Israelites. And so God wanted to free his people. So God revealed, he's like, Moses, yo, man, you're going to be the one to get the Israelites out of Egypt. You're going to be the one to take them out of slavery. Moses was like, no. Moses actually had five excuses to give to God. Now, when I'm thinking, or what I would think I would do if I was ever encountered God and he was talking to me, I hope I would be like, yes, Lord, and follow. Right away, no questions. But honestly, that's probably not what would happen. Because we all have these fears and our doubts that we have in our own mind. And Moses, I love how he vocalized it. He showed that he was human. Um, So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. That's where we're going to start. And wow, a lot of you don't have your Bibles. That's cool. Oh, it is on the screen too. But you know, like always, you're supposed to, you should carry your Bible with you. So we're going to start. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Israel? Children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses said, who am I? Who am I that I can go bring these people out of Israel? For those of you who don't know, Moses fled Egypt. Moses got out of Egypt because he murdered an Egyptian and fled for his life. He fled out of there. So it's Moses, who am I? Right? He's saying, I am nobody. I am just a shepherd. I am not a king. I am not someone of high authority. I am a shepherd. Who am I to be doing this? But God says, but I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. 
So Moses in his doubt is like, who am I? I can't do this. And God's like, don't worry. I'm going to be right there with you. Again, I hope I would take that and be like, all right, sweet, let's go, God. But I, again, I doubt that I would because I have a lot of doubts, as we all do. And Moses continues to, to reveal his doubts to God. And in chapter, or not chapter, ooh, verse 13, then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Moses' second doubt, doubt comes visible right here. It's him saying, what is your name? What am I supposed to be calling you? And this is when God just drops the mic right here and he says, I am who I am. Which can be, I remember the first time I read this, I was like, what does that even mean? I am who I am. That's not even grammatically correct. It might be, I don't know, I'm also bad in English. It says, or what it means is, I am, so it's I am who I am. I am the same God who was, who is, and who will be. That I am the God from the beginning, I am the same God now, and I will be the same God in the future. That God never changes throughout time. That throughout your life, when you are born to when you die, it'll be, God will be the same. God's not going to change up on you, and God wasn't going to change up on Moses. And that's what he was revealing in this time. Also, the Egyptians had many gods. Right? They had the God of the sky, the waters, the grass, war, all those this is all saying that I am the one God. I am self-existent. I don't need other gods. That he is the sole God of the universe. So that was his second one. Was He didn't know his name. Third one. Um, turn to chapter four. Wow. Four. Verse one through nine. Then Moses answered, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. Good thing, because no one likes snakes. No. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put, it, put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So, for those of you who don't know, a shepherd has a staff, and that's the thing that you know, looks like a uh, candy cane, right? Just like that. And what the, the staff was used for was to pull in the sheep who are wandering away, but also was to turn it around and to hit the predators who were trying to eat the animals. So the staff was very handy and every shepherd had one with them. That their identity was found in that staff. And God decided to use his staff. 
which also means that God has, we have plans, we have, or we have our identity in something. Right? We all should have our true identity within Christ, but we all have different activities, different things that we are good at. And God can use that. But, okay, so that's the staff. That was a side point. We'll get back to that. But God, he had the staff. He told Moses to drop it, and it turned into a snake. You know, that was, that was like a real wooden staff. Like, that's not a trick. That was honestly God being like, boom, serpent. No one else can do that, right? That's just God trying to prove himself, or God proving himself. And honestly, right here, I think I would have ran away for good. Because that snake's on the ground, and God tells me to pick it up. I'm not picking up a snake. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely hate snakes. Like, it, it's, it's a deathly fear. Like, I would probably pass out if a snake just was there. Anyways, I hate snakes. They're dirty, disgusting. No one likes them. If you like them, you're weird. <laughs> but that wasn't the only sign that God gave to Moses to perform in front of people. He also said, put your hand back inside your, or, nope. Put your hand inside your cloak, and he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. So you don't know, leprosy is a skin condition that wouldn't go away. That if you had leprosy, you were cast out, and you were on your own without your family, without anyone helping. It was basically go out until you die. So pretty legit thing to be able to like, ooh, leprosy. And so then God said, put it back in. And when he pulled it back out, it was, or when he pulled it back out, it was clear. Um, so Moses' third reason was the elders won't believe me. The people who are smarter and wiser and older aren't going to believe that you truly sent me. That they are of authority. And I'm just a shepherd. Why would they believe me? So this is third reason. His fourth one. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is not I the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be, your, be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall speak. Moses is like, dear God, I, I can't talk in front of people. I don't have a good, vo- a good voice. He's, <laughs> neither do I, honestly. Um, fun fact, I, when I was younger, had a huge lisp and a stutter. And you actually hear it come out a couple times um, randomly. I probably already, probably already noticed it. But so what that meant was that I would talk like this all the time and I couldn't help it. Yeah, no, no one likes that. So when I was thinking about taking this job here at the church, I was reminded of this. It was, who am I? I can't go and speak in front of people because of the speech impediment that I had. And Moses was thinking the same thing. But what God said was, now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you shall speak. That I'm going to be with your mouth. So then again, we see that God is saying that he's going to be right there. That Moses is going to be in God's presence through this whole time. He's going to be with his mouth and he's going to tell Moses what to say. But still, Moses has another excuse. 
As we continue in verse 13, but he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you and when he sees you, he'll be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I'll be with your mouth and with his mouth and I will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and he shall be as God to him. Moses is just like, God, I know what you're saying. I'm hearing what you're saying, but please, someone else. Moses was lacking the confidence in himself. So God got angry and he was like, fine. You have a brother, Aaron. He's going to come out. He's going to meet you and you guys are going to go together. And he's going to speak for you. But what it says in there, you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. That, yeah, Aaron's going to be the one speaking, but it's going to be what you have to say. That no matter what, yeah, they're going to see Aaron talking, but they're going to know that it comes from Moses. That is Moses with the one who is telling Aaron what to do. So really, Moses is still not getting out of it. Even though he tried, he's not getting out of it. And the last three words, the last section says, and you shall be as God to him. Oh, God is with us in the tough times. In the times when we don't want to do any, we don't want to do what God has planned for us. When we feel inadequate to do what he has for us, but that God is there helping us. He, we are in his presence and he is guiding us and giving us the words to speak and wisdom to get through it. But yet we still don't do it. We're like Moses when we have doubts. We have doubts that are keeping us back from doing what God really has for us. The big one is, so I said we feel inadequate. We feel like we are no one. Who am I, a high school student, to be able to go out and do the Lord's work? Right? I'm just in high school. I remember when I was in high school, that was the exact words I thought. No one's going to really listen to me. I'm a high school student. Everyone just thinks I'm dumb and reckless. And we see that Moses experiencing the same things. Even the, I cannot speak, right? He did not have a good voice. A lot of us feel like our voice isn't good enough, right? That, again, we're not gonna be heard when we talk. See, and we get comfortable in this life that we have now in our plan for our own life. That we're like, this looks good, I'm safe right here, I'm gonna follow my own plan. But sometimes God calls you this way. God calls you to a route that is going to be harder. That's not going to be straightforward like that life you planned out for yourself. And we come up with excuses so that we can try and keep going down this path. So we can keep going in our own direction. Even though we feel God pulling us this way. And a lot of that comes down to Moses' second excuse. When he said, I don't know your name, or I don't know what to call you. A lot of us truly don't know the name of Jesus. Yeah, we come here, we come to church, we come to the harbor, we do every church activity there is, but we still don't know the name of Jesus. 
We are going through the motions of our daily life, still trying to do our own thing without truly knowing the name of Jesus. We don't have that personal relationship with Jesus to trust him and know that we are going to be in God's presence through it all. Guys, I walked down this road. I walked down the comfortable route and I was like, I want to do this and this and this and I'm going to do what I want, right? I can still praise Jesus through it, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not truly going to listen to the plan that God has for me. And we fill our minds with these doubts. The truth is God's right there with you. God's there to help you. God's here to take your doubts and throw them away. To prove to you that no no matter who you are, no matter how bad you think you are, that God can still use you. So don't just keep walking through life. Don't keep making plans for yourself, thinking this is how it's going to go. So I was saying that some of us still don't know the name of Jesus. Some of us are sitting in this room right now, going through the motions, not knowing Jesus. Yeah, we may put on a front and people think we know Jesus, or you're fooling your church friends that you know Jesus, but when you step out in that real world, do you know Jesus? Do you truly know the name of Jesus? That's because God's got a plan for your life. It's not just a plan, it's a perfect plan. God has this perfect plan that, yeah, it may not be a smooth sailing plan or life that you think. Yeah, your life's gonna have up and downs. To know that God is there with you. That you never leave the presence of God. That you listen to the plan that God has for you. For those of you who do have a personal relationship, I I challenge you to stop walking down this road. Stop being comfortable. We see throughout the whole Bible that God says, he calls people out of their comfort zone. That following Jesus isn't always a walk in the park. He calls us to do tough things. Things that we can't imagine ourselves ever doing. I never would have thought that I would be on a stage preaching God's word. Never would have thought that in my life. Right? Before I took this, I was like, no, I know the mistakes I've made in the past. I know where... I've been. And I had that thought of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to truly do God's plan for me. Yes, but I'm here to tell you that you can do God's plan. See, God has a different plan for each and every one of you, and it's different and it's unique in its own way. Yes, take that step. Take that step and know that God is there with you. God is not leaving you out to dry. God's not going to let you go through it alone. God knows it's a battle. 
the God that is there to teach you and to give you the wisdom through it all.